Hi there, it's Michael here. Thank you so much for joining us on the first ever episode of the Journey Continues podcast. I'm so happy that you decided to download this one and today's guest is fascinating. Here's what's in store. Being a beginner again, there's something really, really exciting about that. And I think that's why I've got this real love of dance and I feel like everybody should dance now. Um, <laughs> it's so much fun. Hello everyone, I'm Michael Corrigan and this is the Journey Continues podcast where we speak to interesting individuals about how they've navigated challenges in their lives. Our mission is not to provide advice, but it is 100% about providing insight into what our guests were thinking and feeling through these times so that you can best cherry pick the information that resonates with you the most. I'm very excited for today as this is episode one, our very first episode and we're kicking things off with a bang. So this is um, with award-winning fashion designer, Kirstine Stewart. Building on her experiences from across the globe, including with fashion houses of New York and the tech developers in China, Kirstine designs vibrant women's wear and accessories, which are infused with her signature blend of vivid colors and bold graphics, all with a real focus on sustainability. Born and based in the magical Orkney Islands in the north of Scotland, she's taken her designs to the world with international stockets in the UK, EU and the USA. Kirstine, welcome. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Michael. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thank you. Yeah, life is good at the moment. And as I was saying, it's the weather has been incredible in Orkney and it's been very inspiring of late. So enjoying myself, enjoying my life. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, so let's kind of kick things off and get straight into it then. So where were you when this all kicked off and I guess what was going through your mind and what were the, what are the memories like? Um, so when it's kicked off in March last year, you mean, yeah. Um, so I was in my little beach house. Um, I love, I live, I love and live in a um, beautiful little house um, in Orkney in Tanganyis, um, situated right by the sea. Um, and I remember as this started to unfold um, and it started to become and feel more real, um, you know, that kind of the, the instant feelings and reactions um, that you go through. Um, for quite a long time, it felt like this was a situation that was in China and away over there and we don't need to worry about that. And then as the news started to become closer and unfold, you know, you start to think about, you know, how is this going to impact us? How long for and yeah. then I think really it hit home um, with the announcement from Boris Johnston, um, you know, seeing that we were going into lockdown and that reality of well, this is really happening. This is really happening right now. Um, and it, yeah, it, it hit me, but there was a kind of excitement, fear, if you know what I mean, because there was this unknown situation. But I felt um, that, you know, in this place in Orkney in um, Scotland, we've got such a strong community that I knew people would help each other, we would help each other. And I could, I was in a place that I would be happy to help each other. It was in a, a good place in my life to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I had no idea how it was gonna impact my business or the people around me. So there was a mm -hmm. fear there too. I don't know if excitement's the right word. It was kind of a, let's get ready, kind of, you know, we can do it. Um, yeah. Pulling up, rolling up my sleeves kind of attitude um, and, and a willingness um, to be able to be able to help. I think that was it, to go into helper mode, 
That's how I felt. Um, and that, and your emotions changed quite rapidly over those days. I don't know about you, but you know, one that you'd be very low, and then you were like, "No, nope, come on, we can do this." And you would chat to a friend, and you would say, "But look at what you've got around you. You know, you've got to keep." And I remember at that stage having a conversation with my gran, and uh, I will always remember her words. Um, having lived through the war, she said, "Well, Christian, there's just nothing for it. You've just got to keep your pecker up." And I just. <laughs> <laughs> whenever I felt a bit low do that my granny saying those words to me just made me laugh so much love that <laughs> yeah that's awesome and, you know, and I tried to check in with her quite regularly um, because she was on her own um, although had my uncle coming in but she was used to people visiting and you know didn't, wasn't able to use technology in the way we were um, and we had some great conversations over that period of time about you know how how she got, how they as a family got through the war and things that happened. It was really insightful. Um, and yeah, just maybe think, okay, this is, we can do this. We have so much more around us and, and the use of technology to be able to connect with people. How did it, um, how did it kind of affect the day-to-day with the business and daily routines and stuff like that? Um, I... So I worked from home, but I was able to go into my studio in town and do the post um, weekly. Um, and that was a real godsend. Um, I had I have two horses as well to look after. So that it was those daily routines that really kept me going. I have to get up and feed my two guys. And, you know, that those two, the tasks bookend the day. So I get up early in the morning, I feed them, I muck them out. And yeah. then I go and feed them and make sure they're okay and um, bed them down. And, you know, that those kind of bookended the day. And then I broke up the day by having a swim or some kind of exercise at lunchtime. And I worked from home and broke it down into chunks and made sure that I, I mean, that, that didn't happen instantly. I had, there were certain things I had to do, but there were other things that I found helped me during the day um, to, you know, whether it was to connect with somebody, to make a phone call, to have a Zoom chat, um, or to go for a walk, to get outside. Um, because there was a lot of frustration at that period of time of what, what you could and couldn't do uh-huh. um, I think uh, and yeah just but initially my own routine really helped me um, and and um, you know there were a couple of days for I think I'd mentioned this previously but I didn't I, I stayed in my horse clothes or the, my, you know my horsey clothes or you know I didn't get dressed for the day and those were the days that really impacted me and that's when I started the um, get dressed for a Friday campaign online um, because I thought it, you actually it helped me realize I dress for myself and it makes me feel a certain way and it brings yeah. me a joy and I thought other people were struggling in that way too um, so I wanted to do something online and I just I had to use what I had around me I had samples in the house and I had the landscape around me I had my phone and I had you know I learned pretty quickly what I could and couldn't do or well more so what I could do um, and I challenged myself with that and that was fun you know that took up some time and I felt like I was learning something new gave me a, a purpose um, yeah so. it was awesome because I remember seeing it and yeah I get quite a big reaction a lot of people were sharing it and a lot of people were getting involved yeah it was great and there was lots of there was lots of lovely comments and messages came through even people that maybe didn't feel that they wanted to put a photo up they would send me one privately or they would say I've taken part today and this is what I'm wearing and you know just those connections and and it was lovely because you know I felt I was really put 
putting myself out there in a different way, having usually, you know, created designs, worked with a model and a photographer. It was very rare for me to get in front of the camera and um, to model the clothes myself. Um, so it, it felt pretty scary. Um, mm. I said, just, you know, putting yourself on show. But it was, you know, it was a real confidence booster and builder as well. I remember one night um, uh, standing on the dike next to my house because I thought, well, this is a really good setting. I, mean, I need this shot. Standing on a dike in my high heels and a dress and my neighbour going by in a tractor. <laughs> I just had to laugh at the completely absurd, you know, situation I found myself. Well, I put myself in. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun and it seemed to inspire people. And that's what I, 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 will, I really want my work to do is to inspire people and to inspire people to have the confidence in themselves um, to dress for themselves, to feel good about themselves, um, because everybody has something. Everybody, you know, has a, a light to shine, and I hope I enable people to do that. Awesome. How was the impact on the business? Because obviously, a lot of businesses have went through some tough times over the last year or so. What was that like in terms of adjusting? Um, I'd actually had a really difficult period of time two years previous. Um, so I might had reduced my business back um, and scaled things back um, and I was just about to relaunch. <laughs> so, you know, just getting everything ready and prepared, but in the traditional way of preparing and getting ready. And um, well, I say traditional, but I'd learned a lot in that period of time. So I had made changes in production and printing methods and, and I was still evolving at that stage, but I was just giving myself up to go here we go, here are the new designs, this is what I'm working on. And I had to kind of pull back what I had planned and think again on my feet, use what I had, use what I could, look at how production was going to be affected. And you know, after that period of two years, I was actually quite used to that. And in many ways, I was lucky because I'd had to reduce anyway. Um, you know, So I'd had a retail outlet, um, which I'd, I'd sold that part of the business um, beforehand so yeah. you know there were things that would have been really you know huge hurdles to to overcome but I'd, I'd, I'd kind of ticked through off that list and reduced uh, anyway so it helped me rethink business and it helped me rethink the products I was working on I've been really keen to try out homeware and because I was working at home I was very aware of my home environment my home space and again like the clothes you wear your environment and and your home really impacts how you feel about yourself how you you know how you your well-being and mm -hmm. so I started to design samples for homeware and that was really fun um it got my creativity uh, moving in a different direction and it's definitely opened up doors throughout the year um so for me just to create a, a beautiful home environment was beautiful but then I've been able to open that up um to to customers as well and it's been yeah really really refreshing so what triggered the decision to start to take things back before the pandemic um so i'd been through a very difficult um, personal circumstance that i had really had i realized latterly i had no control over um and i uh, my husband um uh, his, his life con became consumed by alcohol addiction. And, um, you know, I tried to 
help him, but at the same time was trying to keep my business running and my personal life really, it, it unfolded quite slowly if I look mm -hmm. back and there was a chain reaction of events that unfolded and they unfolded my personal life, which, you know, I tried to, tried to manage and control it and, you know, keep it together. And then that impacted my work life. And I reacted in certain ways at that time um, due to, you know, where I was and how I felt about the situation. And um, then once, you know, it impacted my personal life, my home life, and then it impacted my health. And yeah. it was really at the stage where it impacted my health. I had to completely rein back. I was, I was forced to, and at that time I was quite angry about that, but um, I realise now it's helped me in so many ways um, to be able to focus on your own health because you can't actually help anyone else unless you're in a position and, and a healthy position to be able to do that. And so I learned a lot in that period of time. It was really hard, really hard. Yeah. And it, you know, at one point I didn't, I didn't have a home. I didn't know where I was going to live. And um, that, you know, being faced with that and overcoming that is, you know, you, you can't deal with all the, the other things. I don't know but if you know about the Maslow Triangle. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that might be something to share afterwards. But, you know, there's certain levels. And if, you, you've, if your foundation is completely rocked, you can't work on other things until you've got that stability, until you've got that um, security you can't focus on the other things and that really shook me to the core and um yeah it was a really humbling period of time where I was just frantic um to be honest and um then I slowly started to rebuild and people helped me along the way um and it's given me a much greater understand understanding and I think it's helped me become a much better and more grounded person now definitely mm -hmm. what was it like going through that time and you've obviously got a massive thing going on in your life and then mm -hmm. obviously you're running a business as well yeah and you're you've got people depending on you and how do you yeah can you talk me through that a little bit yeah it just um it's it's a, it was a period of time like no other. I felt like I was firefighting every single day and every single night, and but wasn't conscious enough to put the put the brakes on things. You know, I, I felt like I I need to keep this going and we need to. You know, I was juggling a lot and trying to forge ahead with things because I felt well. You know, if I if I if I have security in my business and then I can support us both um, through this. But actually, our work, both of our works were were part of the issue and part of the problem. Um, and things needed to come to a complete standstill um, for, for us to be able to, to see that. Um, but it was like it was daily firefighting and it was exhausting. And there were points where I just I didn't want to carry on. I didn't want to get up in the morning. I didn't. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't had those two horses to feed. I just wouldn't have done it. Mm. Um, it was it was so shocking, um, and there you know there were lots of things that unfolded, but there were always people to help, and there was always something every day that inspired me to keep going. Whether it was a phone call or a a message or a, a something good would come up, and if you can focus on those, and and see those, then you can start to build forward. Yeah. When 
events like that happen in life, you know, you you take stock, you perhaps reprioritize what's important to you. you. You maybe refine what's important to you as well. So you talk about that, you talked about that foundational piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you? How is that? How is how is that evolved in your thinking now? Um, and yeah, we always constantly evolve and become different people as we go through life and mm-hmm. become a you know ideally become a truer version of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. How is how has that changed for you? I think it's given me a real um, gratitude for things I took for granted before, the real, the basics in life. You know, if you've got those, you've got everything. If you've got your health, you have everything, you know? Um, and you can do, you can you can then go on to do so much more. Um, but yeah, those small, well, they're not small things, they're the big things. We need to flip, flip it on its head. Um, and appreciate, you know, um, the the family we have around us or not, um, you know, just the love, our friendships. And I think I had that period of two years really looking at that or, you know, um, having things taken away and things taken out of the picture or moving away from them. And then last year was, a last year for me felt like everybody was in the same boat and, lots of people were having to examine their their lives their patterns what they've really appreciated what you know looking at what they couldn't do and what they could do um and i i felt so lucky because i'd had that period of time where i'd learned a lot of these really hard hard and good lessons and i was able to help others last year because my foundation had already been rocked um, and i was able to support others but it's still i was still on a massive healing and learning journey of my own um, yeah. last year as well and it, it reduced other things away and took you know the speed the speed I was used to working and um, you know the travel I know you were impacted in that way too the travel and movement that we took you know that we we both had within our work was taken away and removed and again and that opened my eyes to right right now and what's happening on my doorstep or what's around me and how that can um, inspire me inspire my work inspire me in my relationships yeah um, and just a, really that appreciation for all all these things that I actually have mm-hmm. you know I think it's one of those things where you know it's it's almost like one of the kind of cliche lines of be grateful and be thankful for what you have and stuff but it is so true mm-hmm. and it also makes life simpler as well because yeah. it's a foundational thing that's true to you and there's less things to think about because there's these, instead of a hundred things you need to look after that are a mixture of superficial and, but you have the kind of four or five things in there or the five or six things in there that are core to you and what makes you happy and stuff, actually going through that journey of life and discovering what they are for you and focusing on those things. You know, it's, it's kind of like the 80, 20 thing of, 20% of the things that are part of your life are probably the things that have the most impact in your life. Yeah, that's it. And I think for me, it was looking at a healthier balance in life because I was working, re- I worked really hard for a long period of time and I was actually missing out on life. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of um, 
a lot of relationships were impacted because of that and because I was always striving to the next goal and the next goal and then I reached that and then I just set myself a new one because I was trying to you know yeah. continue to prove myself I think to myself um but I'm, I'm very driven as well um so you know I still I'm still excited and I'm building on my business um but learning to um learning to uh, work with others in in a healthy way learning to have balance um, to exercise more get outside more and I hope lots of people are doing that this year because we need to rethink the way we were, we were working um, because it, 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 you don't want to miss out on life mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the good things and joy that life can bring you um, there's a lot more a lot more to it and actually then you can work really well because you know you're in a healthy healthy place, healthy mindset, and you make big, better decisions. And at the time I was having a very difficult time, I was making, you know, really not great decisions, um, risky decisions that I just, I just, um, I felt like, well, this will help and this will connect with this and this will help. And actually it really didn't. Uh, I took, I'm gonna take that back. I took the path I took and I learned a lot along the way. Um, but sometimes I did make things incredibly difficult for myself. Um, and I had to you know, face up to, to those decisions that I made um, at the time. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you've been thinking about and doing to manage the situation that we're in right now? Because we all feel quite isolated. Um, so how are, you, how are you kind of managing that? Um, collaborate, collaborative working is one of the ways I think going forward and I always as I said knew we had a great community in Orkney and that was one of the things I really reached out and started to work with craft makers and um, producers and designers and artists within Orkney and make those connections and I love chatting to them about their their processes and sharing their work with others um, and then that started to help me open up a bit and think about collaborative working in other ways um, and, uh, you know, out with Orkney as well. Um, so the, the one collaborative project I'm working at the moment is called Scara Homes and that's to launch in March and that's a um, collaboration with um, six Orcadian interior designers and we're styling pieces together and um, coming together to create this new business um, to a help approach our marketing and um, so we're working with the marketing guru um, Sasha Woolen who has been a real inspiration to me last year and um, her work ethos and her, her way of working has had a real impact on the way I work and live my life um, so we're about to launch that and that you know that's opened the doors for connections with other makers and we've started to design together which is something we hope to continue doing um, and you know, making more connections for production. Um, I think that's the other thing. Um, looking at the changes we need to make, especially in fashion, um, because fashion has has had a real um, impact on on the world, on the planet, and we need to look at better ways to work. Better, whether it's fabrics or ways of producing the fabrics, right from the start to the finish, we need to look at that and how it impacts um, the world we live in and use that in a positive way rather than a negative way. And it's really a starting, it's just, I'm at a starting place with this all. 
um, but I'm looking at circular economy, um, fair pricing, um, and opening up these conversations um, online through social media as well, because it's really interesting to hear from customers, you know, their thoughts and those connections as well. Um, so I feel like I'm at the start of something ex really exciting. Last year felt like the start, this year feels like doors are opening in lots of different ways. And, and it was a really good year for opening up conversations with lots of other creators and lots of other businesses. And I, I wasn't as afraid to do afraid to do that as I had been previously. Um, I just, I think everybody was open and willing to, to, to do that. That's awesome. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. When we originally spoke, you mentioned um, learning to dance is something that you've been doing to, um, you know, just manage the situation and a bit of fun and stuff. So can you tell me a bit about that, please? Yes. Um, I didn't realise I loved dancing so much until last year. And I really missed, I missed going to, you know, weddings in Orkney. And there's lots of great dances that happen in Orkney in the communities, harvest homes and things like that. And I didn't go to them all, but I didn't realise how much I'd missed them until they were taken away. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, going out dancing, whether it's in a pub or a club, um, I just, and I'd really missed it um, and um, my gran was a great dancer and enjoyed it and she left um, she's really sadly, um, I'll miss her so much, she passed away um, later last year and she left me a wee bit of money and I thought I want to do something really positive with this that she would also enjoy um, and so I signed myself up for dance lessons um, and you know that's another way to keep fit, to move um, yeah. To, you know to inspire myself and it's opened up a yeah a whole conversation um so I'm working with Joanna Davies and we have um she has a dance school in Orkney and she has zoom dance lessons on Fridays which I just love and um and I'm also going to be working with my friend Emma who actually was one of my Saturday girls way back when um, and she's been a, an amazing dancer all over the world and um, came back to Orkney and so we're going to be having some one-to-one -one dance lessons as well. Um, but it's just, it's a lot of fun. And that's what it's for more than anything else. It's for fun. It's, as I say, for, to keep you fit. And I, I just, I love the way that I kind of keep myself in a better position now and a better posture. <laughs> Having had just, just a handful of dance lessons, I'm already just, uh, oh yeah, got to keep your core strength and you know, <laughs> having a little pointed toe and on a, a Beyonce slide every now and again. <laughs> no, I love that. It's it's similar to a, a story of a lady who's going to be on the podcast shortly in the next couple of episodes. And she, without giving away any spoilers, she took up roller skating. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, yeah. And I just thought that was awesome because it's not something that I would think about doing to overcome the isolation that we're all facing right now and now she's going to mm -hmm. the skate park and obviously you can social distance in that environment and that's also become her like her daily form of meditation really it's an hour for her to just be herself and try new things and get out and have some exercise and stuff and I, yeah. I love it because she's overcome the feeling of becoming a beginner again and I think that's yeah. something we're all kind of getting used to right now yeah, um, yeah so that's an amazing story Yes, yeah, and I think finding ways to get out of your own head, um, whatever that 100%. is, 
you know, it, it's then you go back into whatever you're doing or, you know, whatever you're, what you've got to do in that day, you go back into it with a completely different mindset and a feel of, a feeling of peacefulness. And I, um, I love horse riding, been horse riding for years, but, you know, when you're riding, you can't really think about other things. You've got to be pr very present Mm -hmm. and and with your horse and after i've been riding or even working with um horses even grooming them or something where you're very you know you've got to focus on what you're doing and the movement um having that time away from your chattering brain and you know what ifs and what can i do and maybe i've got this to-do list if you can get away from that even just for an hour you go back to it and it, it helps you no end um so yeah dance or sea swimming or something that gets you away, whatever it is, wherever you find a joy. And like you say, being a beginner again, there's something really, really exciting about that. Um, and I think that's why I've got this real love of dance and I feel like everybody should dance now. Um, <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, and, and allowing yourself to be, you know, just to make mistakes and be a bit rubbish, that's okay. Um, the more you repeat it and the more you, try, you give it a go with an open mind, the better you'll get if you want to or you can change to do something else but it's definitely it's a very healthy thing to do I would say. So you mentioned open water swimming there when did you start doing that because mm -hmm. it must be amazing to do that in Orkney. <laughs> yeah so I started um, I started surfing with my brother um, four years ago and I must admit, it seems a bit daft coming from an from Orkney, from a group of islands, but I really saw the sea as a complete hindrance. You know, we had to get across it, and then we had to get back, <laughs> and then we had to get back. And uh, you know, I, uh, when I was younger, I wasn't a great sailor, so I was resent of the sea, and I was like, oh god, here we go. Anyway, um, I remember one of the first days I went out with Andrew on the surfboard, um, and we sat out in the middle of the sea, um, and it was just so incredible. And I felt so tiny in this huge planet, in this huge ocean. Um, and it was just mesmerizing and exciting and humbling. And a whole lot of things rolled into one. And I just instantly fell in love with it and the power of the sea. Um, so, you know, that kind of started me thinking about not the sea as an obstacle, but as, as this other that I could be involved in. Um, and yeah. Continued to do some bit of, bit of surf with Andrew, and then I I moved to this beautiful little beach house, the beach house studio, and um, it was it was during a really difficult time, and I remember thinking, it's kind of one of those moments. I was like, what can I do? What can I do here? Because um, I wasn't feeling creative at all. That I'd been kind of drained out of me at that stage, um, and I I looked and I had my wetsuit hanging up, and I had a pier right outside my door. I was like, you can swim. You can get in the water um, and that was it and I swam the first day was on the 1st of December 2019 um, which probably sounds like a crazy time to start swimming in the sea but I just because I was so close to the sea I just went in a very short dip every day little and often and then I started to build up um, you know the because at first you're like oh I remember standing I'm very very lucky I've got steps into the sea down from my pier so it's like a swimming pool really and I stepped down, you know, I was just like, oh, why am I doing this? And and again, you know, it's my brain telling me, it's too cold, don't go in there, you know, get out. Um, and I had to just stop thinking and just get in. And as soon as I did that every day, it became easier. 
and then things started to happen. Um, I spoke to other sea swimmers and my friend Alison Moore, who's a jeweller and an avid sea swimmer diver. She's been capturing photos underneath the water for the last couple of years now. She took a snorkel mask and I looked under and I was like, oh, there was just magic under there. There was so much colour and life and things that I'd never seen. I had no idea they were right there on my doorstep and it was beautiful. Um, and then that, yeah, that got me hooked even further. And then the seals started to come a bit closer and swim with me, which was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time one popped up and I was like, oh, God, he's going to nibble my toes. I don't know what I like them. <laughs> uh, they don't nibble your toes, <laughs> but they're very curious. They're a bit like dogs in the sea and they want to see what you're up to. And that, you know, that again was amazing and they're just seeing the wildlife and wildlife comes closer to you because they're curious about what you're doing there. It's the same with surfing. They would come and have it investigate. Um, so you're, you're getting that bit closer. Um, yeah, the, the swimming is, it's completely, I'm not going to say it's changed me, but it's, it's definitely had an impact, a really healthy impact on my body. Um, I no longer feel the cold as much, <laughs> desensitised. Um, and for anyone that's been listening or looking at the work of Wim Hof and um, breathing techniques and cold showers, yeah. and just a lot of um, sea swimming and it, it, it's, so, it's so good for you. Um, so I would encourage everybody to get in the sea, but do it bit by bit. Uh. <laughs> Don't chuck yourself in. <laughs> <laughs> you will have a shock. Um, a lot of people in Orkney, especially the Polar Bear Club, they meet in small groups now because it's obviously socially distanced but they meet in small groups to swim together um, and they mainly swim in their swimsuits I love my wetsuit especially at this time of year uh, just keep, it just means you can stay in the water longer um, I, I would say swim together but I swim a lot on my own because I'm so close to the pier and I have neighbours close by um, just don't swim too long um, because you can you can get really, I think it's the adrenaline that rushes through you, um, gives you such a boost and a burst. And if you overdo it, you've got to think about getting out of the water, getting wrapped up. And if you've got to drive home, I don't, because I'm just right next to the pier. But, you know, give yourself that extra time and build up slowly, little and often, um, and have a flask and um, chocolate. That's key for when you get out of the water, hot tea or whatever your hot beverage is and chocolate. It's, uh, uh, you need that um, and just yeah enjoy enjoy all of it being at, by the sea um, and just whether you're sitting in your car or sitting outside enjoy that as much as being in the water sometimes that can be the shortest part of it but it's it's a great it's a great thing to do and you meet so many people um, once you open that door and open that conversation mm -hmm. it's been very is there quite like is there quite an online community around there Yes, huge. I had no idea. Um, and um, I think because so many you know, swimming pools have been shut and people love to swim. So more and more people, um, you know, swimming in lochs, swimming in the sea. Uh, just be, yeah, be careful. I guess that's the main thing. I haven't, I haven't done much loch swimming myself, but watch, you know, for getting out your depth too quickly. And those are the times when swimming together is safer. Um, and don't take risks or swim too far, but um, don't let that hold you back either or create barriers. Um, you'll have more fun um, just by having a quick dip. And if, even if you, 
a couple of times I just went down to the beach um, and uh, just in my wellies and paddled just with my feet um, because that's as good as anything. It's very grounding as well. So walking by the sea, you're getting just your feet in. That's a good way to start. Um, and and it's, made, it's made me think about new products as well. I'm uh, tasting a, a, a bikini and a swimsuit at the moment and figuring out whether we can produce those with some of Alison's prints and my own designs. So, you know, it's just opened up new conversations and, and um, it's a very healthy thing to do. That's awesome. When we were researching this, we came across some amazing images of the Surfing and Dresses campaign. Can you yeah, tell us about uh, that? That came out of the blue. I, as I said, I love surfing. I love that um, community and that lifestyle is really inspiring. Although it does stem back to when I was younger and I would watch Home and Away after school. Um, so in my mind, you know, surfing to me was very glamorous. And I remember the first day me and Andrew went surfing in full wetsuits and hoods. And <laughs> you just looked like a big seal or <laughs> you just look like a seal. And I, I remember thinking, well, this is not quite the glamour I imagine, but I uh, loved it and embraced it. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I love, uh, as I said, the, the items that we wear to surf as well. And surfboards were something I was really interested in um, because they can be very personalised. And a friend of mine was going to be ordering a new surfboard and suggested that we use one of my textiles um, for the board, um, working with uh, a board maker um, called Roger Cooper. And he's a renowned surfboard maker and he was going to make this minimal board um, for, for him. And um, I looked through textiles that I had in the studio and there was a dress that really struck me. Um, it's come back from um, suppliers that I use in the UK and I had a rip in it. And sometimes that happens in production, you know, not everything, um, not everything's um, perfect every time. But they give me the, they gave me this dress because they thought I could use the fabric in a different way. And so I've been holding on to it. And it had a beautiful, it was almost a watery print. It was actually a photographic print of light and water. Um, and it, it seemed to fit um, with the board and you know the and being in the water so I sent down the dress and it was laid into the resin and beautifully fin finished by Roger and um, we took that board out for a photo um, at the base scale to have its first test run and I was wearing I also tried out the um, bikini that we've been sampling that day too so the, I got a, a shot that I never expected to get standing at the base scale in, uh, in October in a bikini with a surfboard that I'd designed that was just a dream come true right there mm -hmm. um, and uh, then got into the water and got flipped over backwards a couple of times <laughs> 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 a very humbling <laughs> experience <laughs> and uh, yeah need a bit more practice um, but there's a group of girls who surf together here in Orkney and I'm hoping to meet them soon. And I've been out, uh, yeah, getting my confidence back on the board and going to um, uh, try that again. But yeah, making, you know, making something from waste textiles just makes sense to me. Uh, too much, too many fabrics and clothes and items are ended up in landfill and that's part of the issue. How can we use fabrics in new, new ways? And as a company, how, you know, can we think about not just our, design and getting the product to um to a customer but what what happens with it when it's 
fit, you know, it's come to the end of its life. Can we repair it along the way? Or, you know, by using better fabrics, can we repair it? Or when it comes to the end of its life, can we use it in a new way, whether it's um, in a surfboard or the other thing we've been discussing at great length is textiles being used for um, hospital mattresses as well. And there's lots of ways and means of repurposing fabrics. It's just it's just thinking about and connecting the dots and speaking to the right people. Absolutely. What so we've spoken about a lot of things. What what are the what's the one or two things that you want to take forward and keep in focus over the next year or so? Well, there's lots of things. Um, I think first and foremost, the healthy balance of um, work and life and blending those together um, to create a healthier me, which will then impact the people I work with, I hope, in a really positive way. Um, and being bolder again, um, but with all the things I've learned under my belt um, and embracing the new. Uh, we're at a pivotal time in history, it feels to me, where we yeah. can make changes and changes that are going to help people, changes that are going to help our planet and ways of working together that are really going to unite um, unite people. Um, and I think that's a real positive. I think COVID, the pandemic has come for a reason. I mean, we, we've got, we, we can't stay how we were. We've got to move forward with it. And that means some things will need to change as embracing that change. That's my feeling anyway. Yeah, definitely. We need to adapt. Yeah. And then one other question for me, when we can travel again, when yeah. we can travel again, where where do you want to go? Where do you, yeah, where do you want to see? Um, well, I would like to see more of Scotland to start with. And I think yeah. that's going to... UK is obviously going to... Well, I'm hoping we're going to open up... Um, you know, fairly soon, but exploring more Scotland. We've got so much here on our doorsteps um, and and people and amazing craftsmanship and skills and foods and drinks and um, colours. There's so much to explore. Um, so I'm looking forward to that stage one of the opening up. Um, and I would like to do a bit of, I think, horse riding around Scotland sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Um, horse riding and designing maybe we'll see and then oh, oh gosh there's so many places still I would love to go I um I'm keen to go back to Africa I made great connections in Africa and I find that a really inspiring place through the people music culture oh I don't know there's so many places I'm going to throw that question back to you while I think where would you like to go Africa is an interesting one I've been there once I've been to South Africa <laughs> before and actually, I've also been to uh, Tanzania and Kenya as well. And okay. yeah, it's just an amazing place. It's so, it's just so rich in the sense of the people, the culture, the environment, the nature, the just the sheer scale of everything. It just, everything seems bigger as well. Yeah. Um, I remember when we flew into Cape Town, there's a mountain range um, just north of Cape Town and it's massive and you're, yeah. I wasn't expecting it at all. Wow. But yeah, it was incredible. 
it's just an incredible place, a lot of incredible history, and so many great cultures, the wildlife. Africa would definitely be on my list too. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. And the wildlife, I mean, it was just, yeah, just incredible. But there are lots of beautiful corners of the planet um, that are yet to be explored. So I'll see what where life takes me and be open to uh, open to the plan. Whatever the plan Wise is. words. Wise words. <laughs> go with it. Go with the flow. <laughs> cool. Well, that is all we have time for at the moment. Kirsty, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been amazing. I've really enjoyed the conversation, so thank you. No, thank you. I've really enjoyed our conversation this morning. I was looking forward to it. Quite a great start to the day. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for everyone listening to the podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. Click that notification button and all the links to where you can find Kirsty on social media and our website will be below the video. And thank you so much for watching and I'll see you soon. Take care.